If you had to rate your level of generosity, what would you give yourself? Or think about it this way. Do you base your generosity on your own financial status? Do you base it on who's on the receiving end of your generosity? And that determines my level of generosity, right? And then when you are generous, and what, what does your heart feel like? Is it full of thanksgiving? Is it full of cheer? Is it for, full of joy? Or maybe a little bit of spite, a little bit of resentment, a little bit of reluctancy, a little bit of, this is just a transactional thing I'm doing. Or let me ask you another way. Let me, let me drop some questions on you right now. Get you pondering. Let me ask another way. Do you think you are a good steward? right? Or a good manager, a good manager of money. And so brother, how yes. have you ever been on the receiving end of someone's generosity? Uh, I remember all, nearly 40 years ago, uh-huh. uh, uh, Jeanette and I uh, had a, a significant need and absolutely no one. I mean, zero people knew about this need. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, you know, didn't tell anybody. Sure. We're just going to deal with it, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> no one knew. Uh, but our loving Savior did know. Yeah. He knew exactly what they needed, and he impressed this elderly lady that something needed to be done for Hal and Jeanette. Hmm. And sure enough, it worked out that something very significant was uh, actually done and came to pass and you know through the years Jeanette and I have not hesitated to pay it forward yeah. uh, because giving without expecting you know something in return never goes without its own reward yeah amen amen well stay with us tonight as we talk about the third lesson here in second corinthians praise the lord and welcome to wednesday night bible study on behalf of our senior pastor the reverend paul g kiggins and all of us here at the master's house we welcome you and here in our third lesson of second corinthians and I love that we're doing these, all these epistles of the Apostle Paul. We're, I, we're getting to know a lot about the Apostle Paul and all these wonderful churches that, that he established. But uh, before we get too much further along in this lesson, let's go before the Lord in prayer, asking God to have his will and his way. And uh, Brother Hal, if you would, would you take us now before the Lord in prayer? Thank you, loving Jesus, for your precious, precious grace toward us. And how you have done so many things long before we even knew what was going on as a little child. And yet you were there. You were there blessing us and leading us along. And and you have been faithful the entire time of our life. We are so thankful, Lord Jesus, for your beautiful, beautiful attitude toward us and your sweet spirit that refreshes our life. We thank you tonight and we hope that your wonderful spirit will just go right out for, through the, the world as this broadcast is conducted 
And many hearts will feel that same wonderful spirit of grace, long-suffering, forgiveness, and gentleness, and kindness that comes from you. We ask these things in your precious name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, if you haven't guessed it, we're talking about generosity. We're talking a little bit about generosity today, Brother Hal. Yes. And um, it's a great <clears throat> subject, and it's something that hits home, and we hope that this is, we hope that we are able to give to the audience. You know, give everybody out there that's listening uh, some hope, some faith, some encouragement. Praise the Lord. And to know how wonderful it feels, because it felt wonderful to receive, be on the receiving end of that generosity that this lady gave yeah. you, yeah. So it's a beautiful thing, generosity. And so we're talking about uh, 2 Corinthians chapters eight through, uh, through chapters nine. And uh, as, as we've gone through the last two lessons, you know, and as we've discussed before, Paul and the Corinthians, they had this wonderful relationship. And here in 2 Corinthians, Paul is really open up in his heart telling about his authority and uh, expressing his concerns and what he's been going through. They did an uh, excellent job last week uh, with the second lesson there in 2 Corinthians. But then he, we kind of we break a little bit, I would say, uh, from that kind of theme. And he wanted, wants to talk on a, a particular subject, you know, generosity here. So let's get into it. Chapters 8, verse 1. He says, Moreover, brethren, uh, we make it known to you the grace of God bestowed unto the churches of Macedonia, that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded in their liberality. For I bear witness that according to their ability, yes, and beyond their ability, they were freely willing, imploring us with much urgency that we would receive the gift and fellowship of the ministering to the saints. So what here, what Paul's talking about here is the churches there in Macedonia, meaning the churches there in Philippi and Thessalonica and Bera. These are all uh, areas that Paul went out to and established churches in, and he preached the gospel there. And the believers there, they um, suffered a little bit because of their faith. So we can read a little yeah. bit of that in, in Philippians uh, chapter 1 verse 29 says for to you it has been granted on behalf of Christ not only to believe in him but also to suffer for his sake having the same conflict which you saw in me and now here is in me but so even them going through this kind of conflict these struggles of the faith this persecution they remained steadfast they did these churches there so they even contributed to Paul they contributed to Paul there in Philippians 4.15. It says, Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. So here it is. Paul's talking about these churches. They were ready to give unto the Jews there in Jerusalem that were suffering, that were in need. And these churches here in, in Macedonia... Uh, we're, we're ready to give. And that is what Paul is talking about here now to the Corinthians saying, you know what, I think you should take a little lesson from what, what these other churches are doing. Yeah, that those folks had a really wonderful giving heart. They truly did. And the grace of God was being manifested 
toward them. It wasn't it wasn't about well, what have you done for me lately? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, anybody can think like that, and and it's n- not with giving. Well, what you what am I going to get out of this? You know, what am I going to get back if I give? You know, am I going to get something from it? Uh, no, this is this is something that was the grace of God being manifested through. Uh, Human beings, the unmerited favor of God, it it cannot be measured. When you stop and think about it, it is so magnanimous and wonderful. Uh, It's overwhelming. And the Apostle Paul wanted the Corinthians to not only experience the feeling uh, of it all, but the reward that comes from unselfish giving. Uh, in 2 Corinthians, in the New King James Version, 8th chapter and the 7th verse, but as you abound in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in all diligence, and in your love for us, see that you abound in this grace also. Truly, the Corinthians abounded in many things. It was, it was not only a prosperous church in, uh, physically because of the way the economy was back in those days, but the, they abounded in spiritual things. They, and uh, they had the gifts of the Spirit operating in their meetings and in their services. Uh, an attitude of grace, though, really brings its own reward, uh, especially when it's done as to the Lord. Uh, I'm not speaking about tithing. I mean, that's important to God. God wants us to do that. That's plain uh, in the scripture. But what I'm referring to here is selfless generosity. And in Luke, the sixth chapter in the 30th verse, I love this scripture. Oh, my. This is a wonderful. This really lays it out about what happens when you get involved with, let's call it the spirit of giving. You know, Uh, uh, it's an attitude. uh, It's the right attitude, too. Uh, Luke 6, chapter 30th verse, give and it shall be given unto you. This is a promise from the Lord right here. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together. Now I can just just see somebody with this bag, you know, pressing all the contents down, down, and shaking it, shaking it. Let's get the rest of it down there. Put more in, more in, and more. This is what God's talking about here. This is the kind of blessing. Shaken together, running over, shall men give into your bosom for with the same measure that you meet with all it shall be measured to you that's what it's all about right there that is what it's all about and and that's that's the message here in these these couple chapters here that we're talking about in second Corinthians. that's what he wants the apostle paul wants the corinthians to do he wants you to have this level of generosity this uh, selfless, I like that, selfless generosity, just like these other uh, churches that he was describing. But it, it goes on more than, 
you know, if you think about it, Paul just can't say, hey, I command you, church. You know, he's the pastor of that church. He, he brought, he, he established that church. I'm going to command you to give unto these Jews there that are suffering there in Jerusalem, just like these other churches, all right? Because if it's a command, it kind of loses its effect. It kind of goes over like a lead balloon, doesn't it? <laughs> well, it does. And that, it defeats the purpose of what's going on in the heart. Yeah. You know, that selfless generosity. So Paul even says this pretty much verbatim here in, in verse 8 of, of chapter 8. It says, I speak not by commandment, but I am testing the sincerity of your love by the diligence of others. So, I mean, it, it's a beautiful way. Paul knows that this can't be a commandment. I can't just lay it out in this letter saying, you need to do this just like these other churches are doing. No, no. It's got to be sincere. It's got to be with love because that's how giving actually is done. So he made it a point. And so giving loses its sincerity and love when it's done by a command, when it's mm. forced. And there's this quote that I found by, by Mother Teresa. And it uh, says, it's not how much we give, but it's how much love we put into giving. And I thought that was just great. You know, it's that love and sincerity and genuineness that we give. That's really the, the takeaway that I get on the giving side of things. Think about how much of a privilege it is to be a tool in the Lord's hands. Wow, to, to, to just let the Lord use you and bless others. And certainly, Jesus set the pace. He set the example of what it truly was all about. I did something that none of us could possibly do. But when you step back and look at the big picture, this was such an amazing thing. In 2 Corinthians, the 8th chapter in the ninth verse, it says... For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor. Mike, he had, he was the creator. He owned the cattle on a thousand hills. And yet he became poor that you, through his poverty, might become rich. You know, the, the Lazarus, the one that sat at the gate of the rich, rich man, not the guy that was the friend of Jesus, but the, uh, he really was far more wealthy than that rich man that walked by him every single day, just stuck his nose up at him, walked right on by and, and lived in the pleasures of whatever his great wealth was all about but he was walking right by a marvelous door of opportunity that he could have walked through because that is a realm that selfless generosity that is a realm that is so marvelous yeah and yeah i love that you say opportunity because uh when i was thinking of that um uh, no doubt I, I thought of the parable of the Good Samaritan. Yes. I mean, there you talk about an opportunity to give generously. Um, and, and, you know, I'll quickly summarize here. The, the Samaritan had compassion on the one who fell among the thieves. Right? And what did he do? What was his selfless giving? to this? He, he bound up his wounds. He, he gave him a ride. He, he, he brought him to an inn. He paid the innkeeper. 
to take care of them. And then he goes above and beyond. And this is always is mind-boggling to me. He goes above and beyond and says, hey, innkeeper, if you spend any more money, if, if it needs to stay longer, whatever the case, just let me know. I'll come back and pay you some more. I mean, you talk about giving, giving. And this is the, the example that the Lord gave. This was the one that was uh, generously giving unto this man that suffered here by the thieves that took him. Yeah, love thy neighbor. Who is thy neighbor, right. Jesus said. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, uh, but he's, he had some wonderful examples Paul did in Second Corinthians in the eighth chapter as well. In the 14th uh, through the 15th verse, here he says, but by an equality that now at this time your abundance may supply their lack, that their abundance also may supply your lack, that there may be equality. As it is written, he who gathereth much had nothing left over, and he who gathered little had no lack. What he was referring to here is, mm -hmm. is when God poured out the manna in the wilderness and the larger family and each there was a portion given to each person and of course they had a omer we don't use that measurement anymore but that's uh that's uh what it was and <clears throat> the larger families naturally got more and the smaller families uh, got their portion as well but basically everybody got exactly what they needed uh, I like the way the the NIV, the New International Version, phrases this particular passage, starting in the 13th verse. Our desire is not that others might be relieved while you are hard-pressed, but that there might be equality. At the present time, your plenty will supply what they need so that in turn their plenty will supply what you need. The goal is equality. As it is written, the one who gathereth much did not have too much, and the one who gathered little did not have too little. It's simply about meeting one another's need. Yeah, you know, one day I'm going to be in need. And if I have something, if I, if God has blessed me with his riches, which they're all his to give to somebody else, then, you know, who knows year from now, next week from now, month from now, whatever the case, I may be in need. And I hope that that person there would, you know, somehow look at me and find favor and, and, and give, but, but either way, cause yeah, equality, you know, you never know when you might be in need as well. And again, it comes down to, you know, trusting God to supply our need is key. I, he owns it all. And I want to be able to generously give what he's given me. So in, in, if we keep reading there in chapter 9, verse 5 there, 2 Corinthians, it says, Therefore I thought it nece necessary to exhort the brethren to go to you ahead of time and prepare your generous gift beforehand, which you had previously promised, that it might be ready as a matter of generosity and not as a grudging obligation. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. You know, what goes around 
comes around. It does. You know, what you put on the wheel at some point will come back around. And what I want to put on the wheel, I want to put on giving. I want to put Praise on love. Praise the Lord, yes. I want to put on charity because that's going to come around and I'm going to receive that back one day some, some, sometime down the road. Well, the Lord said that plain and simple. Whatsoever you sow, that's what you're going to reap. The thing is, it doesn't always come back the same way. Yeah, true. Uh, you might give money, and, and then a little while down the, the road, you find yourself delayed in traffic, and you're frustrated, only to discover that you had been prevented from a horrible accident at an at a intersection just ahead. Mm -hmm. uh, you might have given money, and yet down the road a little ways, a doctor found that tumor and prevented cancer from consuming your body. I mean, think of all the things that have happened to you that are blessings to God. And when you give, and as that thing that has been said many times, you can't outgive God. And God knows how to give us good things. God knows how to bless us in special ways. And in going on in Second Corinthians here, the ninth chapter, the seventh through the ninth verse, so let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, Necessity. You're going to have to help me with that word. <laughs> the, you know, I'm going to, uh, uh, do I have to do this? I, I'm going to, uh, it's another, um, I got, what, how come I have to do this? Yeah. You know, you get that attitude? Well, that's, uh, I don't know if you're going to get much blessing out of that one. For God loves a cheerful giver. Uh, and God is able to make all grace abound toward you. I like that grace. You know, that grace that comes, it's not something we earned. It's not something that, well, we, we checked all of the boxes, so now you got to, you know, you do this for me. No, it's, uh, it's grace that comes back. And always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. As it is written in verse 9, He has dispersed abroad. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. I am so thankful that the Lord's righteousness, His mercy, His loving kindness, His patience, it it's lasts forever. It's always a resource. It's, it's so important, though, for us to get rid of the have-to attitude. Well, I got to do that. I, I, I mean, in every area of our life. Well, I got to, I got to get up and go to work. I have to, I have to get up and go to work. And yet the Lord blessed you so that you could prosper because of that employment. And replace it with the get-to attitude, you know? Praise the Lord. I get to go to work today. Now, now all of us are made different. Uh, yeah, and so some of us have to work harder at coming up with that get-to get attitude. 
you know, because maybe we're just worn out, you know. <laughs> maybe we're frustrated about something, whatever it may be. But it's, it may require extra effort sometimes on our part to change our thinking. It's worth the effort, though. I guarantee you it's worth the effort. It comes with great rewards in every part of our life. It, it, it just comes back to perspective. You know, how are you going to look at the day that you are presented with? How are you going to wake up and say, ah, oh, like you said, I love that. You know, I have to get up. I have to go to work. I have to do this. I have to give in this offering or I have to give to my neighbor or my church brother and sister over there. And I just, I'm always giving. And I don't like that. But yeah, man, if I could just rephrase that in my mind and say, I get to. Yes. Because God gave it to me. He did. And like I said in the very beginning, we are just a steward of his money. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills, right? It all belongs to him, like you said. I'm just holding on to it. He blessed me with this job. He blessed me with these finances if I'm in that position right now. So how am I going to take care of it? How am I going to manage his money if we're talking about money? There could be many things we're steward of, time, energy, effort, all those kind of things we could talk about as well. So I love that. I love that. You, we get to do these things, and it's a blessing if we will. And not only is it just a blessing that we could receive uh, on our end, but in uh, finishing up here in verse 12 of chapter 9, it says, For the administration of this service not only supplies the needs of the saints— which is excellent, but also in abounding through many thanksgivings to God. Isn't that the goal? Is that the Lord. you give thanksgiving to God, I give thanksgiving to God, that person over there that's on the receiving end gives thanksgiving to God, that person over there that hears about what happened gives thanksgiving to God? Well, that's where the Spirit of the Lord starts to really move. When all, you start thanking Him for these things. Yeah, and it's all because someone was, someone let go, was generous, recognizing that they get to be a blessing, they get to do these things and give unto their brother and sister that may Praise be in the need. Lord, yes. So uh, it, it's, a, it's a wonderful attitude, and that's what really what Paul is, is telling the Corinthians. I want you to have this kind of grace also, yes. the grace in giving. So uh, I'll leave you with a couple of quotes here that, that I looked up I thought were just great. And uh, one of them is, it's easier to take than to give. It's nobler to give than to take. The thrill of taking lasts a day. The thrill of giving lasts a lifetime. Well, that's a good one. I like that. I, I think about that. It's, again, it's changing your mindset of what it is to give. Oh, yes. Why, and I, I, we're not going to tell all the stories, but <laughs> uh, uh, there's a lot of stories. And because I, I think partly is uh, my one of my love languages is acts of service and so when someone does things like that for me it just overwhelms me it blesses me so much just fills your fills your love tank yeah it does <laughs> uh another one here i thought was that was kind of interesting no one has ever become poor from giving yeah if you really think about like that, that no one has ever become <laughs> poor from giving that's from Anne frank and and really when it comes down to giving uh, is a sign of trust I trust God. I trust God gave me these blessings. And again, I trust that I'm a, I'm a good steward of, of what he's given. And I trust him that if I give it to you, hey, 
God takes care of me. God knows that I have need of what all those things, the clothes and the raiment oh, yes, and the food and all the way down the line that he mentioned. We hope today has been a blessing to you. How We hope that this lesson has encouraged you and it has spoken to your heart. It has definitely has spoken to my heart. And again, if you have those prayer requests, please email at prayer at mastershouse.org or click the link below. And we'll certainly lift up your knees before the Lord, asking the Lord to come in, asking the Lord to supply your needs, asking maybe, and that supply may come from, from a brother or sister, you never know. And that's the Lord answering prayers. So brother Hal, thank you so much for everything you had to share. And then if you would now, would you dismiss us with the word of prayer? Loving Jesus, we thank you, O Lord, because you're the same yesterday and forever. And your mercy and your loving kindness constantly is bestowed upon us. I pray tonight, O Lord Jesus, and join with Brother Garrett and all of those that are watching and listening to this presentation, that we can band together with our faith, that you can use us as tools of blessing for someone else. And Lord, we know that if we can be used by your power, that it will be the greatest privilege that we could possibly experience on this earth because you gave everything to us. We cannot, we cannot in any way comprehend the magnitude of that, but we are so thankful. And we pray that that spirit will be a spirit that we carry with us every single day. In your precious name, Jesus, amen. Amen. Good night and God bless.